I don't ask you to smoke, but be open. Don't judge. I'm not judging your ways. I'm not judging you getting drunk every night at a pub. Just be more open and understand that cannabis and hemp are really beneficial for so, so many things. Hi babes, Lady Silverstone here and welcome to my podcast where we're trying to demystify cannabis one conversation at a time. In this episode we're talking about paving the way to other cannabis advocates on social media, advertising of CBD and being a farmer with our guest today. She's a co-founder of a platform on social media called Women of Weed UK where women can share and be open about their own cannabis use. She is a psychologist in the UK and she has been advocating cannabis for seven years. Let's welcome Nina. I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Hey darling, how are you? I'm good, it's really nice to meet you. So nice to meet you too. Even though I wish it was like in Spanabis or someplace else. Oh, tell me about it. I know. And how about, because you're French, right? Yeah, I'm French but I live in London, yeah. Yeah, so I lived in Paris as well for like six years and that's where I met my husband. Oh, that's awesome. So your husband speaks French and everything. Yeah. So he's actually born in Indonesia and then when he was about like nine years old, he moved to Paris with his parents. Ah, I see. Yeah, super nice. So that's also why we went to to Bali because like his family's there and it was, yeah, it was nice to see that part of the world as well. Definitely. Have you been over there? No, I've been to India quite a lot. Every time I have the chance to to travel to Asia, I go to India. Okay, where in India? So the south mostly because I used to work there. So I made a lot of friends there. So I used to work in mental health in India. And uh, yeah, so all the Karnataka areas. So Mumbai, Bangalore, Mysore. Um, yeah. Okay, so what exactly did you do then? So because, you know, I studied psychology. I went there to do like internship in a, a big neuroscience and mental health institute. And I gave a couple of lectures at the, um, the University of Science for Women. Okay, super interesting. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I can imagine that you missed it though. And like, as you did such a important work as well there, like that is very close to your heart as well. Exactly, I do miss the culture. I miss everything. Uh, so that's why I'm, I'm happy that I've got Asian friends here as well in London, you know, because then I get to be back, you know, with the food and people. And that's nice too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also that's where you were yesterday, no? You were at an Indian party or was it India? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The week is continuing today. So I'll have to go after that. I have to go back and then finish it Saturday. Oh, wow. Yes. It's like those three year, three year, <laughs> three day, three day weddings. They must be fun though. It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I want to thank Thank you as well for joining uh, my podcast. Super nice to finally speak to you. So I would like you to make a little like introduction of yourself to the listeners. And also, you don't necessarily only have to include, you know, your cannabis journey, but just like your journey. Would you do you call yourself Nina always or? Oh, yes. Yeah, so. I call myself Nina. My close friends called me Nini. So this is where my Instagram name came from, you know. Like since I'm a little girl, my parents, my family, friends, everyone calls me Nini. Um, but yeah, Nina is my name. I quite like it. Um, but yeah, people, when they recognize me, they call me Nini. So um, I'm French. Um, I've lived in France since 
uh, since I was born until the age of 25. And at the age of 25, I decided I needed a big change. So I moved to the UK. That was pretty random. Um, I didn't know anyone, um, didn't have any job, any money, any place to stay, didn't even speak English. So I just, you know, big change. And then once I arrived here, everything went quite fast. Uh, I managed to find a little job in Starbucks and this is in Starbucks that I learned to speak English. And then I feel it's better than school, you know, when you just don't have choice. You have to force yourself to, to speak, communicate, you know. And where I was, I wasn't in London. I was in a little town in England. So there wasn't any foreigners at all. So it really helped as well. I didn't get to speak French anymore. So I picked it up quite quick. And then a few years after, once I felt confident enough with my English, I decided to go back to university. So I did a psychology degree in London, and this is where I moved to London. So that was uh, four years ago. Um, before that, I did one year of illustration and graphic design, just because drawing and doing these kind of things was always a passion for me. So I decided to try to get a foundation degree just to learn a bit more skills just for myself, not really to do anything else, just for myself. And then, and then yes, yeah, psychology. And um, with the psychology path, this is when I fell into the, the cannabis world as well, because they were really, really closely related, both on the, the science way and both on my own journey. And um, I was lucky enough that these two things um, were going alongside, you know, both together at the same time and the same speed and they were really linked so that was quite important for me so where are you like now what happened then after that when you yeah when you dove into the cannabis part of it so when i fell into the cannabis part i got really not obsessed but really really interested learning about the endocannabinoid system for me first changed all the stigma and prejudice that I could have myself around cannabis. So I think for that first learning, learning about plants and things like that are uni, I mean, not plant, but like the endocannabinoid system mostly. And alongside, um, as a student job, I used to work in Whole Foods. I was in the health and beauty department and Whole Foods was good enough to pay me uh, studies in nutrition and plants and things like that, which I was interested in before because I was vegan for seven years before that. So, but really this, this has been a massive click, you know, I hadn't put all the pieces together until I hear about the endocannabinoid system. Um, so then I started going to events because London is great for that. There's a lot of talks all the time, a lot of conferences. We have the Imperial College London, not so far. They have amazing physicians. They study cannabis. And so this is when I started learning more. And at the same time, whilst I was working in Whole Foods, this is when they started selling CBD and things like that. So I got really interested and I met people who were selling CBD um, who were extremely knowledgeable and they taught me a lot. And then from that, I started going a bit more into the underground scene because, again, in London, it's, it's easy. I feel it's less dodgy than going on the dark web and, and trying, you know. So it was quite easy to even go into the, the underground scene of the cannabis with like uh, dinners and clubs, event conferences, all of that. And then this is where I, I really networked and I met amazing people and 
throughout the whole journey, everyone has been giving me knowledge, opportunities. And yeah, I'm really grateful. I'm very happy to hear that. Okay, so tell us about then, because how many years, or I don't even know if it was years, were you in Oregon? So it was a month, actually. It was a few months. Uh, that was pretty much all half last year. Uh, that was an opportunity I got temporarily. And uh, well, now, to be fair, I'm dying to go back. Basically, that was a job mostly in marketing. But when I say marketing, that's just for me to have a label to put on it. Because to be fair, I was doing everything that was necessary, everything that I could possibly do. I was doing it. So either graphic design, photos, food, helping at the farm. Um, anything I could do, you know, I was really happy to touch a bit, everything, to learn everything. And uh, this was like, I think, yeah, an amazing opportunity. And now I'm just waiting for the borders to open again, uh, to go back there a little bit, because this is the only thing holding me back now. That and my day job in London, obviously, because I do have a life besides my cannabis journey, I do have a day job here in London, and uh, once the border open again in America, once Europeans are allowed to travel back there, you know, I, I will go and uh, I'll ditch my day job in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I can imagine that that maybe gives you more. I don't know, maybe than your than your job now in London. I don't know. Maybe you do you work in cannabis now in London or not? No, no, no. I have I have a job. Um, alongside my career in psychology. So I help uh, women and children fleeing domestic violence. Okay. All the administrative aspects of it. I help, help them getting visa, divorces, going to school, learning English. I help with doing uh, counseling as well. So I do counseling with them. Um, it's this whole thing about helping women being back into real life independently and safely. So that's my day job. But my passion for the cannabis world is just too big and I just can't live it. So no matter what I do, my bills and my rent, I, I'm always involved into the cannabis industry. I can do both at the moment, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm dying to go back to America. Not permanently, just learn more things. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for there, like you see your... So it was a farm that you were working at or was it more of a grow house? Yeah, I worked with a brand called uh, Blue Rich Hemp. I still I still do bits and bobs with them occasionally. And basically they are based in different states in America. So back in North Carolina, I used to help with the shop, um, with food and things like that. And then going to Oregon, that was more the farm aspect. Uh, wholesale bulk but also helping with trimming the flowers and drying process all these things uh, and then we went to like California and Nevada for like big uh, cannabis events so it depends where you are in America it, it affects what you do because there are some states where it's not legal so obviously you're going to do a different job there and yeah I can imagine though that there's like a lot of my listeners that really want to do this kind of adventure obviously because as it's so new and here in Europe, there's so many limitations still um, when it comes to this, whether it's at a farm or working, you know, in, in-house on different projects when it comes to cannabis, it's still pretty hard, right? So is it easy to... No, but I was lucky to have friends to take care of me. So basically, I met people in the cannabis industry in America, but I met them in London. And this is when we decided to start working together. And having friends who are Americans who live there, that's their business, just 
putting me on the flight and helping me with the transition. That was quite easy. So I was lucky with that. Then when you look at, um, there's actually amazing websites. If you look, uh, for example, 420 Jobs, that's a website that's like Indeed or, you know, this kind of job search website, but it's called 420 Jobs. And they advertise a lot, a lot of jobs in America that are linked to the cannabis industry. But, you know, there's always the visa problem. There's always the traveling problem. There's always the, play, the, the problem of having a place to stay even when you go to Africa. So it's like if you have a place here in Europe, how do you deal with it? So that's all these little logistic things that are quite complicated. But when you look at these websites, you realize that in America, there's so many opportunities, either being what they call a bird tender. So bird tender is working in dispensaries and just... Um, selling cannabis, advising people. Then you have a lot of uh, seasonal jobs at the farms as well for the harvest. There's really a lot of opportunities over there, yeah. Within this decade, I can see the same kind of website here in Europe, or at least I hope. I think there's some. I met some people not so long ago. Well, not so long. That was back in October last year. They do have a recruitment uh, site, actually. I think they are called Bloom. Bloom Jobs, and they have a recruitment website for jobs related in cannabis. That's in Europe, but the jobs that they advertise, since cannabis is not legal here, they are really pharmaceutical and lab-based. So you need like biomedical studies and things like that. So for now, that's what's available. Or finance jobs, because finance in the cannabis industry, that's, that's what has the monopoly in Europe, unfortunately. Just to jump over to Women of Weed UK. So tell us a little bit about the group and how come you co-founded it and you co who you co-founded it with and what's the, the vision of it? That happened really randomly. So there was, uh, I think, Susie, my friend, um, Can I Girl for 20, I think, on Instagram. So Susie contacted me and she was like, oh, I really would like to do that. And um, it's something we had in mind. And then she threw me the idea. I told her, bear with me a second. Just went on my iPad, worked a little logo, sent it to her. She was like, oh, my God, yes. And then she was like, oh, let's make an Instagram. So we made an Instagram. And then I told her, mate, I'm too busy to run the Instagram. I can make some graphics for the, the thing. But like, and she was like, I'm going to do it. And then uh, Sherry as well, Lady Buds of London, she joined us on the way. Uh, like she really helped uh, us starting, you know, with like making stickers and we started sending things here and there. Um, but Sherry now, she has already like a huge network and business of her own. So she's doing her own thing now. So that's mostly Susie and me now in Women of Weed. Um, so yeah, and then it kicked out really, really well and really quickly because we realized that there wasn't such platform already for all the women in the UK and in Europe as well, or even in the world to just connect, but with no requirements, with no prejudice, no judging, just a platform where women can be, share tips, share brands, share experiences, feedback, but also to share about events, about books but whatever you know it's really a platform like um yeah like a um, cannabis tinder i don't know just to put people together and um what we found we really found our place in the way that we are really inclusive 
and diverse. So, for example, there's women, they've never had cannabis in their whole life, they've never had hemp in their whole life, CBD, nothing, and they go through this platform to ask us for advice. So it's like even beginners, even people not related to the industry at all, come to us first and ask advice. And for me, this is this was a goal, you know, to be friendly, approachable, and to look trustworthy enough for people not related to to make a first step with us, you know. So we all love our cannabis. We all have our things. Some people like dab all day long, smoke all day long. Some people just once a week. And it's really for like, yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah and different kinds of, like you say, different kinds of uh, usage as well. Because as well, some people use it medically, and some pe- and every day and a lot, for example, others need only CBD, for example, or some people really, really need. Yeah. So it's, you need to see all these people. Exactly. So people who are just consumers, people who enjoy it casually, people who take it medically, patients, uh, people who have businesses, you know, it's really for everyone who is interested in the plant. Sorry for interrupting. I hope you enjoy listening so far. Please check out my account Lady Silverstone at patreon.com so I can continue creating cannabis content for you. So what is your like vision with it? Are you going to take it somewhere different? Yeah, we really hope to. So for now it's only online. Uh, we had plans for this year, but obviously with Corona that didn't help. Like we wanted to do something alongside Product Earth and have our, our little uh, woman of wit space within Product Earth. So that was the plan, but obviously it didn't happen. What is Product Earth? I'm not sure. Uh, Product Earth is like a massive, uh, it's a bit like Spanabis, but in the UK. So it's own, is it more like uh, organic um, focused or? Uh, you have everything so you have a section with organic product farming cultivating hemp then you have all the cbd industry so like all the different brands of cbd uh, but you also have um people who are here to expose manufacturing machines and then you have clothing and then you have cosmetics food so it's really diverse it's like hemp and cannabis industry, yeah. Okay, cool. That sounds so. It's a big fair then. It's a big fair. Last year it was over three or four days. People camp on site, and there's gigs at night. Um, it's it's a big thing. Yeah, people go there for a few days. That, that's that's cool. Yeah, that sounds super nice and also great for yeah, just building the the connections and and the network. Exactly. That that's why I enjoy these events. It's to meet people in real life that you only saw like on Instagram and things like that, and and to connect and see what's going on in the industry and learn and have fun. And yeah, it's it's really, really good event. So we were hoping to do something along that. It's just in the year coming, we really hope to be able to do more like uh, physical events, meet people, um, try to move a bit around the country as well for women who can't come, you know, pe- women who are more based in Scotland, in Ireland, we want to try to move and do things like that, little gatherings. That's super nice. Yeah, but maybe uh, maybe going somewhere else as well, outside England, <laughs> outside UK. Uh, we would love to. Uh, if we have, you know, a successful trial with events like Product Earth, maybe one day Spanabis, and you, you never know, yeah. 
Well, in any case, this is just like a long, long way that we're walking, right? It is because obviously we try to give all our time on it, but this is not a job. We don't make a living of it. We do everything for free with Women of Weed. We do send parcels, you know, for example, me, when I get things for free from Browns, I can then... I send it for free to women who need it like probably even more than I do. You know, we everything that we do, we do it for free. So for now, it's really hard to like ditch our day job to focus on that. So this is why things take time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it's a hard thing. And I think a lot of people uh, think that I have a lot of people that said like, oh my God, you must make a lot of money. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't make a single like dollar, you know. There is no money to to make really you know i mean yes you can get exactly and that's where like the biggest biggest drive is you know and yes of course if if in the future that we can skip our let's say day job then that would be nice because now say i mean same here i'm I'm freelancing but it's still this you know like it takes a lot of time to you know to to save in on rent and stuff like that and at the same time, keeping up with, yeah, just the content creation. It's It takes a lot of time. But that's dedication because you have your, your day job, which is, you know, it takes a lot of energy and that's not necessarily something you like. So it's like a lot of energy and then you finish your job and then you dedicate all your free time to, to the cause, you know, to, to your passion. So you need to really be driven and um and create opportunities so for now for me i find it hard to have opportunities in england but once corona you know um i don't want to say disappears but like once we can travel more easily again then for me that's really abroad that i have more opportunities and then that's just about yeah taking risks and and going for it yeah 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 yeah. so how is it actually in the uk when it comes to um advertisement because i've seen a lot of like uk cbd brands they're having like there's a few cbd stores right yeah they can make like a lot it's it looks like at least that they can make like some advertisement but then again i don't even know if it's legal to do it because it's not legal here so that's the thing i have um yeah i have many friends who have their own businesses cbd shops and at the beginning, it was really unclear, and it is still somehow like these shops have been here for like three, four years. It's still really unclear. You do it anyway. You sell your flowers, you sell your pre rolls, you advertise, and and just pray for the best because literally the 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 laws and and legislation is just really blurred. There's nothing really clear, so people at the beginning that was a bit uh, tiptoe, you know, tiptoeing around. And um, yeah, and people say that you can't advertise and things like that. But then, you know, on Instagram, when you scroll through the stories, you get some sponsored ads and things like that. And sometimes some uh, CBD sponsored ad, uh, you know, pops. And, and I'm like, wow, that, that's weird. So no one really knows what to do. So people try and see what happens. Yeah, like some people are like, okay, I'm just going to take the risk and see what happens. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Literally, because the worst that can happen is just someone is going to take the ad down or the police is going to come and tell you, well, you can't sell the flowers. And then a few weeks after you resell flowers and then you're fine, you know, so. It's such a weird as well, like gray area. 
this whole thing, you know. And that needs to be cleared up as well because so many people working as well in yeah content creation and social media around the the cannabis business and the rules are so unclear. I mean, if you work for any other brand, let's say a florist, a florist that sells just regular flower. Um, we know the rules, right? I mean, you can take a photo of every single flower. You can say, hey, this is a rose or whatever. And, you know, send that out. But as soon as it comes to to cannabis, it's like no one really knows at all what you can say, what you cannot say. No, exactly. And I've noticed on your post, for example, uh, always at the bottom of your post, you have this disclaimer. And um, I think this is really clever. This is really smart, you know, to like cover your back, you know, with a disclaimer. And I'm always a bit skeptical, you know, for my things to be taken down because of the hashtags I use. Um, yeah, you're right. It's it's just really unclear. And, and this is not really fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I got it from... Uh, this is so funny. You know how you don't know people's real names sometimes? You just know their Instagram name? So, baby smoker. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I don't know yeah. her real name actually. <laughs> anyway, so it was her actually that, you know, she was so, she told me about so many times how she got shut down and I'm like, fuck, I don't want that to happen to me. And also because you put in, even though, yes, I do have a backup account, but oh my God, like all the work that you put down on posts and research yeah exactly and i've had my instagram for about seven years now and i'm like if it was good yeah i didn't get like followers like that overnight and you know it's like it's been like a long journey and i think it would be really sad to lose all the content you know because it, it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of work and and money as well you know the things i buy to make pictures and things like that because i really enjoy doing that you know and yeah, I think that would be quite sad, yeah. Do you have a backup account as well? No, I don't. <laughs> I have a private account, like, uh, with my private stuff, you know, like family photos and, and things like that, holiday, like, you know, more private one, but I don't have a backup account. Yeah, because I'm just thinking if they if some, if some they would take it down, do you have your photos stopped somewhere? <sighs> Maybe, I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. So, but that's why also I feel so far I've been quite lucky and I want to try to keep it this way, so make it as friendly colorful approachable as possible nothing that looks too dodgy nothing you know um because that's really the thing i really hope to stay up for as long as possible because that's really the aim to make the use of cannabis really mainstream you know really mainstream really normal really cool cute girly whatever it's like really make it mainstream basically so that's why i hope it's gonna not going to have any incident with it but um but it's yeah. true like you say you have a very very girly and like cuddly cozy homey intimate feeling on your on your instagram actually i'm glad it, it i'm glad it appears this way Yes, 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 totally. I'm sure there's so many words I even miss because it's really as if we get invited into your little cocoon. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, I'm really touched. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's the goal. I really want to make it, you know, it's incorporated in my routine, in my lifestyle. And, and that's really the way I want to picture it. Like, I don't know, like people, you know, really into fitness, how they show their equipment, their supplements when they go to the gym. You know, it's really a lifestyle and this is what I'm trying to do with mine as well. You know, it's just showing bits and bobs of my life here where cannabis is and just make it normal, as normal as, as someone who takes like 
protein shake every day or as normal as, you know, these kind of things. Exactly. Showing what you have in your purse. Yeah, you have your lipstick, blah, blah, blah. But you also have other stuff, you know, it's, it's, this is just how your purse look, you know? Exactly. Where would you want to go within this space? So let's say in, within 10 years, we're going to have this almost a bit the same, you know, possibilities as there is in the US. Like, what would you like to do? Like, if you could do anything, if it didn't cost money, if you could just do whatever, like, what would it be? So the big, big dream, because um, I grew up, I spent like half of my life, I grew up in the countryside in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if you saw the pictures, you know, when I go back to my parents, it's like really displaced, really isolated, it's still like country heaven. And uh, so my dream would be to go back there and uh, probably have my own farm. Let's say the big dream, hemp, uh, industrial hemp or cannabis, whatever, just cultivate the plant, be in the nature be back in the country and uh, yeah that would be the dream in the long term okay nice so farmer then yeah <laughs> my dad uh, my dad is is a gardener um that's what he's been doing on his life um preserving biodiversity cultivating local plants and fruits and veg and stuff and um this is something that i grew up with and i'm really attracted to that is so much part of your life already that it just comes natural as well yeah yeah very nice did you do like did you manage to grow anything back in oregon or not uh we had plants in the backyard uh amazing amazing cannabis yeah like really good uh really good plants in the backyard which was cool like having this massive cannabis trees even like trees you know the trunks were like bigger than my arms and it's like just having that behind the house otherwise no back in france you know we grow like our own veg and fruits and it's a learning process yeah you go with the seasons and yeah it's a beautiful like plant to 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 watch uh, i have a few friends uh, growing and it's just so fascinating is it easier in spain to have farms uh cannabis farm or hemp like is it legal i am not 100 percent sure what i do know is that like so you know how they have like cannabis social clubs here in spain yes yes so those are the ones so let's say you and i can start a cannabis social club and then we can have these people subscribing as members mm -hmm. and let's say we have 20 people that so that subscribes as members yeah and then it's up to like you and me to basically calculate like okay so for these 20 people plus us we will need to grow 10 plants yeah for example yeah and then so i think like that's how you are able to grow i'm not really sure because it's really really i see you grow just what you need you grow just what you need exactly they're not allowed to make any profit for example and yeah so for the moment it's it's basically that like if i understand it right i might be wrong just so the listeners and you know as well Lindy, that like You can, like, personal use is fine. Mm -hmm. As long as it's, you know, not that you're not sitting with, like, 100 grams at home. Yeah. Uh, and no, like, small plant. If you, if you would have a police coming to your house, even if you sit with only, like, 10 grams, if you have a lot of those small plastic uh, bags, then they would assume that, like, but hey, you're, yeah, you're selling this. Uh, so that is obviously illegal. But if you can basically prove that, like, I have nothing as a soul, this is only for my own personal use, you're allowed to grow at home, basically. Uh, and some people say that, yeah, up in Barcelona, it, it, you can grow three plants per person, for example, down in the south, you can use five, 
on Costa Blanca you can grow this many like it's very hard and yeah and and I don't know what I feel that um, takes us back to what we were saying before that it's blurred lines Dear listeners, if you like what you hear, please check out my Patreon. The link is in the description here below. Only if you're able to, of course. Now, let's get back to our guest. This um, week, or earlier this week, um, there is this couple in Sweden. A couple with like four kids that has this, you know, they have this little piece of land where they grow industrial hemp. And to get you know, the, the license to grow it, you need to go through like a lot of steps. I mean, everywhere in Europe, I can imagine it's the same, but especially in Sweden, because they are very hardcore when it comes to the hemp plant. They just see it as, as this devil-ish kind of, kind of flower. So anyway, um, they just had their farm fully raided with they had about thousand plants um, got all taken by the police destroyed and this is you know this is a little family that is doing this all for themselves all for you know making oil making teas all all these kind of stuff and their whole growth for 2020 is gone wow you know and it's industrial hemp it's not that they had you know small um, just because they are super serious and really check these papers like three times over like I I cannot even begin to imagine like because all the work you put in growing hemp or anything even if it was your eggplants you know so it's really hardcore how like we're living in 2020 and yes cannabis as as a recreational drug with thc inside yes it's still illegal and let's say I understand that it's legal because we still haven't got enough education for the change, even though I, I, it shouldn't have been there from the beginning. That's what I want to say, like, shouldn't have been there from the beginning. Yeah, we're still 2020 and we have farmers that has only 1,000 industrial hemp plants and it's taken away. Like, it's ridiculous. This is really sad. Yeah, this is really sad. When when people start being more educated also, you know, with about climate change even you know it's it when you realize how climate change issues like you you know you start i don't know you you, you learn about the benefits of hand for the, for the planet for people for everything it's all linked you know yeah i just don't understand why we still have these issues what do you think is like the the best way to talk to people let's say the older generation because i do feel that like that's where there's this little clash even though, yes, we can find a clash in our generation as well, for sure. It's still mostly from the, the generation above us. Like, what do you think? Yes, so I had this issue with my parents. I had this issue with friends around me, my age, have like such strong stigma around cannabis. It's like, oh, you smoke to get high and, and that's it, basically. And then first, smoking to get high, okay. I don't even see why this would be a problem because, look, you drink to get you drink to get drunk, you know. So why would it be a problem if I want to get high? You know, it's like first I don't understand that, uh, but the way I do it is exactly the the same way as I did with being vegan, without preaching around me 
but just telling people why I did this or that, what it does to me, what it does to the planet, why I did this choice. And I always tell people, you don't have to be vegan. You just have to be more conscious about what you do. You just have to understand that environmentally, um, it's, it's like, just, I don't ask you to smoke, but be open. Don't judge. I'm not judging your ways. I'm not judging you getting drunk every night at a pub. Just be more open and understand that cannabis and hemp are really beneficial for so so many things yeah so again it comes back to education it just comes back to education and people willing to be educated willing to do the homework or listen and uh, yeah yeah no that's a very good advice so i have Uh, a follower question uh, that stood out a little bit more from what I already asked and so it's how did Nini realize that being a social media cannabis advocate uh, was paving the way for others and that that was going to be what you did and what rewards did you get from it and like was there some stuff that you didn't expect when you started like this whole journey yes yeah, so actually what I did not expect is is also the reward and I've, i'm getting goosebumps just to think of it it's like on a daily basis people telling me thank you for what you do keep doing such great work and uh thank you for the support thank you for being here love you people sending me stuff people make a lot of things for me like they make stuff actually they take time to make me things and to send it to me like not brands you know not brands want to try that want me to try their product like people actually showing gratitude and and love and support and and i was thought I, i don't do anything i don't feel i'm doing anything but apparently the what is really dear to me to make cannabis mainstream and to just try to make it in the open and to change the image that people could have about it which is dark and creepy and dodgy and shady and all that and and people really do feel that it's it's somehow changing mentalities around them. So people who are cannabis users, they're like, they show their parents or they show their family, their grandparents, whatever. They're like, oh, look at this account. You know, they show my pictures. They're like, look at how, you know, so normal and cute and colorful it is. You know, cannabis can be cool. And if Nina does it, then it's okay. And, you know, I feel for me, that's been the reward. It's been in well i don't want to say intentionally like because it's intentional for me to help people but that it kind of worked unexpectedly you know and and the reward also is to especially with women of we disconnect um to connect women together because alongside my journey in cannabis i met many women who suffer a lot from uh, mental health issues or really big disabilities that really makes them feel isolated Uh, they also live really far and they don't know any other women who consume cannabis. They don't have anyone to talk to. They don't have anyone to socialize with or anyone even who understands their consumption, you know. And um, my account and Women of Weed really help making this happen. So women who were isolated before, really struggling with anxiety and depression, they wrote to me and they said, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I connected with this girl, we met, we had a smoke. Uh, now I'm showing things on Instagram and I have social media and I'm doing things and I'm selling that. And, you know, it really, I feel, kind of showed the example that you could show your love for cannabis and it's okay, you know. 
allowing people to to come out you know basically it was like a coming out and I felt what I did helped people doing it too yeah so it like helped you as well coming out and bloom out within like your space and that is helping other people doing the same yeah I think that's I don't know explain well but you summarized it properly <laughs> no but it makes a lot of it, I mean that is how it is that's why we you know connect on especially Instagram like the just like you say same that's what I feel as well like the the relationships that you build on Instagram with people just in DMs is it's incredible and you feel people are here for you you know you're here for them always you know just just to know that someone is present someone who under understands you you know someone who gets it who's here available for any DM anytime you know I feel sometimes it's enough you know yeah 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 oh totally totally okay so I have two more questions before I'm gonna let you prepare for the for the Indian second day what was your initial relationship with cannabis like did you use it recreationally or medically uh well that was recreationally because um I was introduced to it by friends who were smoking just casual you know like instead of going to the pub like let's go to mine on Friday and get high you know it's just that so this is how I used it I discovered recreational cannabis at the same time as uh, I discovered CBD. So these two uses really were combined for me. And I didn't necessarily notice anything while consuming a lot of CBD and a lot of cannabis. Didn't notice anything. But this is during periods of, start of time where I stop. You know, for example, if I go to France for three weeks, usually I don't take any weed with me. And this is periods of time, you know, where, where I stop that I realized everything that he did to me you know everything that he does to me health wise as, as a supplement mental health physical health because i do have chronic condition i have arthritis in my knee uh, i have really bad blood pressure in my eyes i have a few things going on like that which cannabis helps a lot with and uh, yeah for me it's like i use it literally as a supplement cannabis cbd whatever i use it as a supplement and i do After a long day at work, I do like um, I do like just consuming recreationally to fly, to forget about the day, to relax, to get into my bubble. And this is something else I realized with cannabis for me is that it helps me put myself into a bubble, a bubble full of creativity. So the times I'm the most creative and the most productive is actually when I smoke because it helps me disconnect from London and London for me is really, really busy, really overwhelming. A lot of people, you have to go out, you have to socialize. Overwhelming with information, crowds, noise. And when I smoke, when I go home and I smoke, I really disconnect and I can reconnect with myself, with the things that I like. Uh, I can focus and, and I love that. And also about cannabis, what I noticed is a really long journey. So how my life changed, uh, health changed and mental health uh, change and mindset. All of that changed over the, the few past years when I started consuming cannabis regularly. Okay, okay, cool. And how about, like, what did your parents say when they when you showed them your Instagram and your work generally? Well, they, they that's funny because they are a bit mixed because my parents, I told you, they are in this little village in the countryside. So there's a part of them who is really proud They are really proud to show, oh, that's my daughter. Look at what she does. Uh, look at her art and things like that. So, you know, they're quite proud. But 
there's always the aspect where my mum worries because there's still a bit the stigma around there. Um, you know, for example, one of their friends got arrested because he had smoked a joint and then he went for a drive and the police caught him and they arrested him. So my parents are always scared that something like that happens to me. They're always scared that it influences uh, me losing my job, me not being able to pay my rent. You know, there's always this stigma that cannabis could ruin your life, you know, uh, when it's not true. And that's really what I'm trying to show them and, you know, with the things that I do. Yeah, and also like all those things, ex except maybe if you get in the car and you're really high and you can get into an accident but all the other things is only because of the prohibition it is because if you lose your job because of it it's not because you come high to work no it's because like the legality of you coming high to work and that might be the you see it's not even like any other thing like so it's the stigma and the prohibition that is that might ruin your life, not the cannabis itself. Yeah. When they talk about cannabis on French TV, for example, it's always drug, uh, young people got high, they got into an accident, um, kilos of drug, cannabis has been like found and the police has it and people were arrested. It has like such, such a bad reputation. Like in France, they talk about cannabis like you would talk about cocaine, you know? So there's no difference in people's mind when you say, oh, I consume cannabis, I do cannabis marketing, whatever. People are like, oh my God, this is the cartel. This is like illegal. This is dangerous. This is prison. Yes. This is like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is the mafia, the prison, you're going to die. It's like, just because it's considered as a drug and it's illegal, you know? It's so sad. Like here, when we say it just out loud, I'm like, this is so, so ridiculous. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> Anyway, babe, thank you so, so much. Thank you. It went so fast. We almost talked for like an hour. Oh, wow. It just flew by. But That's why I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Should I have gotten yourself a little tea or something? Anyway, you need to prepare, babe, because you're going to dance for hours. Exactly. Yes. And I look forward to see your stories as well. Yeah, thank you so much. Good luck with everything. Yay, thank you so much. Have an awesome day, babe. Bisous. Bisous, bisous. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening please subscribe to my social channels and rate this podcast and if you would like to support me a little bit extra it would really mean the world to me so check out my patreon profile that i linked in the episode description it's all thanks to your support that i can continue talking writing recording and making more cannabis content for you and our amazing community have an awesome day and lots of love